You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou uh, The heat's back on. My voice is dry again. <laughs> well, one of the best-selling books of the last 15 years was not written by J.K. Rowling, it was not written by Clive Kusler or Nora Robertson, it was written by a woman named Sarah Young. And since its publication in 2004, it has sold over 10 million copies, been translated into multiple languages. Many people have found it an aid to their daily prayer and their devotions with God. And it's a little book called Jesus Calling. Those of you who know the book probably love it. And some people know the book and don't like it. That's what always happens. Anything popular. There's critics and there are people who love it. Well, the one thing that everyone agrees on, whether they are a fan or not, is that what makes the book so compelling is that in it... Sarah Young imagines what God would say to us, Jesus in particular would say to us each day if he could talk to us personally. Each of us wants that kind of personal address from God, a personal relationship with God. And indeed, the appeal from many pulpits this morning across this land will be, come forward and have a personal relationship with God. It's one of the deepest longings of the human heart. But it is one that is already fulfilled whether a person has faith or not in a certain sense. And what I mean is this. Because God is a person with personality, every human being, every man, woman, and child ever born on the face of this great earth has a personal relationship with Him. Now, some of our relationships are distant. Some of them are antagonistic. Those are what the Bible calls relationships of wrath. But... We, that desire we have for an intimate, loving embrace of God is indeed given to us when we are claimed by water and the Word. And indeed, the Word is the content of our faith and the Spirit confirms the intent of God's Word to us as we are brought into that loving relationship of grace with God. Grace, which is God's riches at Christ's expense. It's a wonderful, beautiful thing. But as we have that personal relationship with God, it's important for us to reflect deeply upon the one whom we have a relationship with. In Jesus Christ, God is not the force, with all apologies to George Lucas, He is the face. And we have Jesus' words to inform us about who He is. And 
in Jesus Christ, God is not your coach. He's not your life trainer. He's not your personal counselor or your psychotherapist. He's not your best friend with whom you have coffee, although he's the best friend you'll ever have. (laughs) He's not your brother that you can lean into and just expect him to affirm how you feel, even though he is your brother. And although he's your father in heaven, he's not your grandfather in heaven, just passing out the sweets and hoping you're happy at the end of the day. God has reclaimed us for a much higher destiny than that. Do you remember, the? Uh, since we just got through Christmas time, if you remember the last verse of Away in a Manger? There's two different ways they end it now. The first, the way you'll often hear on the radio is, Bless all the dear children in thy tender care, and lead us to heaven to live with thee there. It's not the words, that's not the original words. The original words are in your hymnal. And it goes like this, Bless all the dear children in thy tender care, and fit us for heaven to live with thee there. Fit us for heaven. Not just reclaim us as children of God rather than children of wrath, but make us have the character that will make us suited to be people of the kingdom and of heaven. This is what God has reclaimed us for. And because of that, while He will faithfully provide for all our needs, He will not necessarily provide for those desires we have that likely spring from our own natural self-absorption. I was a, when I was a kid, I had, I had a rather stern mother. Um, and uh, when it came to dinner time, what I liked was meat. Hot dogs, hamburgers, Italian sausage. We had a good Italian butcher nearby. <laughs> Pork chops. A million and one ways my mom would make chicken. And very occasionally my dad would bring it home steak. It didn't matter what meat was on my plate. That was the first thing I dove into and I ate it all up. And I would pick up that plate and go, more! And, and my mom would do this. She'd look over the table. There's still broccoli on that plate. <laughs> or carrots. Or corn or spinach or lima beans. (laughs) And here's the reality. My mom was a nurse. And it didn't matter how much I wanted a second helping of meat. If I wasn't going to have everything that my nutrition required, it wasn't coming. (laughs) And our rule of the house was eat what mom puts on your plate or else. was very much the same way in our relationship with God. We want that personal address that young Samuel received. But we haven't listened to what God's already telling us in His Word. Sarah Young has this sense that God wants her to write books and listens to what she believes God wants her to write down. But she's a missionary who's already given up tons of stuff to go serve in a remote place and she suffers with a terrible debilitating illness. She's already been obedient to God in little things so she can receive the big things. And it's kind of like that with God. If we are not listening to what God's already saying to us, why would He go on to give us a second helping? (laughs) And He is speaking to us all the time through His Word. 
We're told, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. The church is waking up to the fact that now in our day and age, even those of us who come to church on Sundays have no idea how to keep the Sabbath in the biblical sense. And pastors and theologians are writing books and thinking about it deeply and having conferences about it. Because we don't know how to be obedient to that commandment well. We're told you shall not commit adultery. And that if we look on a person in such a way as to encourage our lust for them, we're already committing adultery with them in our hearts. Maybe it's time to steer away from certain internet sites or stop buying the products of companies that use sex to sell those products. We're told that we're not to slander our neighbors. Maybe it's time to give up watching television shows or reading magazines that are primarily gossip about people we will never meet. God has called us to have a godly character and He's given us ways to get there. He is speaking to us personally in that way. And sometimes even when we hear those exceptional calls above and beyond what's in the Word of God, we still don't listen. I have a very good friend from seminary and he can tell you where he sat when at age 16 he could tell you what the pastor was preaching about when he made, it became very clear to him that God was calling him to be a pastor at age 16. But life got in the way. He discovered girls. He joined the military. Spent a full career in the military. Got out, went into the business world. When I met him, he was 56 years old and finally answering the call that had been placed upon his life. And I embraced him at graduation and I said, Alan, you made it. And he said, no, I'm just beginning. <laughs> After 40 years, I'm finally beginning the journey I'm supposed to be on. Alan didn't set out to do wrong. He just slid into the easy path. The path the world laid out for him. And we all do that. We all do that. It's the story of all of our lives. It's the story of Eli who wouldn't correct his children when they blasphemed God that we heard in our first reading. It's what Paul's warning us against in our second reading when he says, don't let your freedom in Christ become an impediment to others or destructive to yourself. It's the way of sin. And we all fall into it. But the good news is that no matter how often we have fallen into it, God renews His address to us through the words of Scripture and says to us personally, follow me. And when we answer that call that we heard from our Gospel reading today with the words that young Samuel had Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Then God can answer to us, do you, do you believe because of these little things? Wait till you see what's coming. That is our destiny in Jesus Christ. It's what you've been called and claimed for. Let us pray and ask God to bless us in our pursuit of it. 
Holy and gracious Father, Jesus is calling us. We know this. By Your Spirit, You speak through the words of Scripture to our hearts. And each of us, Lord, has something we need to do to respond to that. Some small thing, perhaps before the day is out, that You're calling us to do. We ask, O Lord, that You put our feet upon that path. Help us not fall away from You, but renew our faith. Strengthen our life. Give us what we need to grow strong and healthy in that new identity for which You have claimed us and for which Your Son shed His blood upon the cross to give us. We ask this in His precious name, which is forever Jesus the Christ. Amen. Be Thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that Thou art. Be Thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, Thy presence my light.